52 years old, right? And you're like here to manage, you're trying to manage 50,000, $100,000 in student loan debt. Your schools aren't helping. These servicers, you don't trust them. They're just trying to push you on deferment, right? Like there's, there's all these apps and stuff. Like there's nowhere for you to go to help, like for, for help. Like there's just, there's no solution out there. Welcome to For Fintech's Sake, hosted by Zach Anderson Pettit. Zach is managing director of an accelerator called Fountain City Fintech and VP at MBKC Bank. For Fintech's Sake is a broad look at the world of fintech. Building the future of financial services requires deep understanding of both technology and finance. From the perspectives of founders, investors, and incumbents, we will explore the stories of people living at the intersection of finance and technology. All opinions expressed by Zach and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect those of MBKC Bank. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome back to a special episode of For Fintech's Sake. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Pettit. This is the last of our five deal flow episodes before demo day tomorrow, October 15th. Today, you'll get to meet Tony Aguilar, CEO of Chipper. Chipper is Tony's second company in the student loan space. We get into the gigantic student debt problem in the U.S. today and actually how Chipper is going about helping people get out of debt faster. And of course, the adult supervision persists with MBKC Bank CEO Brian Unruh sitting in, poking, prodding, and especially in today's episode, getting heated, and I believe he even says pissed off, about some of the student debt stats that Tony gets into. So with that, I hope you enjoy this final deal flow episode of For Fintech's Sake. So give us the Tony background. Where are you from? How did you how did you come to this world of entrepreneurship? Uh, by accident. Um, if you look at my business cards, it says I was I was blessed with a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Um, that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. Where um, are you from? Take us take us back to the early days. Yeah, I'm I'm from a from a small town in West Texas called Pecos, uh, home of the world's first rodeo. Really? That's our claim to fame. That's right. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So were you? It was either like fintech or cowboy. Kind of, yeah. My, my grandpa was a cowboy. Had a ranch. Like you know, spent spent you know a good chunk of my childhood. I told you all the hard work I had to do out there. Um, but yeah, grew up in Pecos, um, small town, five thousand people. Um, at the time, now it's like booming because of the oil. You know, the oil like boom oh, okay. going on in West Texas. But um, it was awesome. Like a great childhood. Had all my cousins, aunts, and uncles. Like everybody there. So birthdays and holidays were just huge. Um, and then, but it's a very humble place, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, we, we grew up, you know, pretty humble and my parents, um, you know, didn't graduate from high school they, you know, they had me when they were 18 years old. Um, and so I was the first person, you know, in my family to, to graduate from high school and go to college and, you know, that, that whole story. And so, you know, applying for, applying for college. I, I gotta ask real quick though. Yeah. The first rodeo. Yeah. Was it like a drunk dude that just jumped on a bull and one other guy watched <laughs> i bet he was like just i bet he was like hey w- watch this you know yeah i think i think hold that's how it, moment. i think that's how it started hold my beer moment yeah it's like hey billy's gonna go do it again let's uh let's all like round up and you know grab some beers and just watch that's the first rodeo boom there it is but there's a place in arizona that cl- i forget the name of it they claim it they they're, they're home of the world's first rodeo um but no it's definitely pecos yeah. That, that seems contentious. I feel like you just. No, like, I feel like we. Just no, no, not it's like there. no. So, so, Fourth of July is like the big weekend there. So it's a huge purse. I mean, I think it's got smaller over time, but it was like the major, like you know, 
you know championship like rodeo like yeah. in texas it was it was pretty awesome growing up and seeing all that stuff that's actually that's pretty wild yeah some bull riding yeah some calf roping like let's go like that puts you in, it puts you in touch with what matters in life if you're about to get horned <laughs> horned <laughs> is that a word i think that's a verb think, to, yeah. to be horned yeah it's not a common one but yeah i think yeah. it's a word i feel like i cussed again though i feel like that like horned is maybe not a thing i should say in public no no so after college, yeah. you came out, you had some debt. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Brian, what was your college experience? Well, not your college. I don't want to know about your college experience. That's, <laughs> that's too slippery of a slope. Are we back to horn? We're back yeah. to horn, yeah. <laughs> what was your um, college payment situation like? Did you come out with some debt? I did not. I was fortunate. But you got to remember, my semester fee when I was a freshman started at, I think it was Four hundred and sixty-five dollars a semester to go to school. Wow, that's like a monthly payment now. Like that's that's less than a monthly payment. For well, that was like people. half of what your monthly payment that's was when you crazy. came out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all that's crazy. So it was uh, noticeably cheaper back in the Dust Bowl days when I was in school. <laughs> uh, but I was fortunate. But my parents were uh, very blue-collar uh, type workers, but they also put me through me and my sister uh, with no debt. So one of the greatest gifts they ever gave us. Yeah. So how did you start digging out of that when you did not come out that way? You had what? What was it like? You said 100k in debt. A little bit over 100k in debt. Uh, payments were over 1,200 dollars. What happened next? Um, I freaked the fuck out. That's a pretty fair reaction. Yeah, it's you. I mean, what what ended up happening is like I would go to the financial aid office because I had to. I wanted to register for classes. Well, it's like, well, you got to get your financial aid package in order and you know pay your bill before you can register for classes. Yeah. Like, Makes sense. So I would walk in the financial aid office. They're like, you know, here's what you need to pull out to, to pay for school. So I would sign on the piece of paper and then, then walk to the registrar and go register for classes. Like that's kind of just what happened. And I saw the numbers on the page, but just didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I was never... Um, I, I never like really paid attention to money much growing up. Um, I think it's a lot has to do with the environment, you know, that, yeah. that I grew up in. Um, and so I just saw the numbers on the page and didn't realize like how much they would actually add up until I left school. And then you get, you know, a couple bills in the mail from a couple of different servicers and you're just like, Oh shit. Like yeah. it's adding up. Um, my payments were, I think $1,237. Damn. Entry level job. You know, you're making 32, 35 K it's like, you know, um, even in Austin at the time, like that's just, that was way more than my, even my rent and like groceries com- combined. It was, it was a really tough you know situation to be in. What did it look like when you walked in to actually take down a new loan? Did they try to uh, help you get it lower, help you walk through any kind of budget or was it just to you fill something out and put a number on a page and you end up with that i don't i don't really understand how that works no it's it's like um you ever go get like your license your picture taken right the dmv yeah like there was literally like a line that you would stand in maybe you know a dozen like to like 20 people in line and there was maybe three or four uh financial aid people sitting there advisors right quote unquote yeah and then you would sit down they would look your stuff up print some paper out walk you through what it was and then you would sign like um i didn't know that you know should i negotiate this or should i pull you know try to get more grants out or like whatever it was it's like you know here is your set like kind of financial aid package and what i learned now and is that you know you can negotiate a lot of that stuff because what's happening today is a lot of these schools are just uh defaulting and putting um parent plus loans like on financial aid packages 
which is like forcing parents to pull out loans, you know, to pay for their kids college. And you don't have to take those. It's like, I want actually, my kids should pull out all the debt. And if I can, I'll, you know, help support them through the process. But it's like, you know, forcing parents to pull out parent plus loans that they have to start paying immediately. It's like, and families just think they have to do it. And so, no, there's no negotiation or like guidance. It was like, you know, you want to yeah. pay for school and register for classes, like sign, sign the paper. Yeah. And if you see everybody else doing it, I mean, why would you, yeah. why would you second guess it? So you're in there 10, 15 minutes and you know, step an out and the next person like goes in expensive 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. So you come out of there, you're pissed off, pissed off. What happens next? What are you doing at this point for work? I was financial advising. Okay. A little ironic, right? Yeah. Um, and you were building that firm yourself? Um, it was, no, I, I went the corporate route. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I was, it was funny cause I, I started to freak out a little bit. Um, I called my school first and I was like, Hey, what do I do with all this stuff? Like, I don't get it. What are my options? I've heard of different types of programs. Like, do I qualify? Like I need some guidance and they're just like, call your servicer. Mm. I'm like, all right, so I'll do that. So I call one servicer, but I had at this time four different servicers I was paying. And so calling one servicer, they just, you know, they could give me some options that I had with those particular loans, but then I would have to call all four of them up. And it was just, it was a little much for me. And at that time I was already behind on payments. And so I don't know, I kind of just put my head in the sand and kind of freaked out um, and ended up defaulting on my loans at that point. And that's not a rare thing really, right? Like default rates on student loans are pretty crazy, right? They're, um, they're crazy and they're growing. And so depending on which report you look at, like it could be, you know, 16%. Um, but, um, you know, other studies have shown it's like almost a quarter percent, like of people um, either delinquent, like definitely delinquent, um, or, or going into default. Um, and you have to be to default it's 290 days. So it's almost a full year behind in payments. And that, um, there was a post, I think yesterday on Twitter that just shows like how default rates are just skyrocketing right now. Um, that's yeah, so I want to dive into that a little bit more. And for everybody that's not sitting in the room, it takes a lot to get Brian Unruh's jaw to hit the ground. And I think he's <laughs> I think he's working right now to to yeah. ravel it back up to his mouth. <laughs> well, when we think about it, it's like you're you're 22 years old, right? And you're like here to manage. You're trying to manage fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Your schools aren't helping. These servicers, you don't trust them. They're just trying to push you on deferment, right? Like there's there's all these apps and stuff. Like there's nowhere for you to go to help like for, for help, like there's just, there's no solution out there. And so I think that's, that's the biggest thing. It's just people are fearful of talking about it. Um, and they have no, like nowhere to actually go to, to get like unbiased, like advice. Now you've got me pissed off too. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Like, that's what we're trying to do with, with Chipper. It's not like just, you know, you know, helping people with student loan debt. Like this is such a massive issue, such a massive problem. And people keep talking about the macro aspect of how big it is and how much it's growing. Yeah. But we're, we're not focused on like how are people dealing with this shit day to day? Like how is it affecting like, their daily lives? Not just from the financial aspect of like I can't buy shit. I can't buy homes. I can't, I'm not getting married. Shit like that. But it's like how is it affecting people's like day to day like stress mm-hmm. level? You know, like this shit is top of mind every single day. And, you know, we're, we're kind of punting it down the road, hoping the government fixes it. That's one of my favorite one of my favorite parts about meeting you initially at South by and one of my, like one of the reasons that I really wanted you in the program was how pissed off you obviously are, right? Like you're just so angry about this thing that it reminds me a lot of what, what I went through in college when I did my first internship at an investment bank that shall remain nameless. And it was just like, (laughs) you see this bullshit candidly. It's just like, how can you sell that to that person without explaining anything? And like, you just get this chip on your shoulder. You're just going to run through any wall to solve it. So with that, let's talk about your first at bat. 
of trying to solve this specific problem after you kind of decided like this is what I'm spending my life on. Well, uh, let me let me take a step back about the pissed off part of it. It's okay. because you know, my whole life I was I was told like you know, I had no option to go to college. Like even though my parents had finished high school, it's like you're going to fucking school. Like I don't care where you go. You go to Harvard, you go to the junior college down the street, like I don't care, but you're going to school. And you know, it was to really pursue this American dream that we've kind of like watched on TV or like, you know, you need to go to get a good education. So you get better your life. Right. So you study hard, you get good grades, you go to good college, you get a good job and you're supposed to have this type of life. And it's just, it's not, it's not realistic for most people mm-hmm. like anymore. And so that, that's what pisses me off. It's like, you have people who want to have a better life. They're doing all the right things. They're working so hard and it's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, like I'm now I'm stuck. And my life is delayed for 10, 15 years, you know? Um, so yeah, like that, that's what gets me pissed off is people really trying to do better for themselves, but you know, they have to deal with this day to day. Um, but yeah, my first at bat was, um, I, I launched a company called student loan genius. Um, about, that was five years ago. And the idea actually came from one of my financial advising uh, customers. He was like, I have all this money that I've saved in my 401k and it says I can pull money out for educational expenses. He's like, I want to pull all that shit out and pay off my student loans. I'm like, that's, well, that's a great idea, right? Like, you know, but that's, that's a good use of it. Get out of debt. You know, uh, you're pulling out a loan out of your 401k. Like it's a loan to yourself essentially. Um, but I was like, you actually can't do that. So under the IRS like laws, you can't pull out, you can't borrow from your 401k for student loan payments. Specifically, it says that because specifically student in the loans are not an educational expense for some reason. Wow. You can only use it to pay like current tuition bills. So if you have a wow. current bill, you know, from a university, like then you, they'll send money. You can pull it out, you know, show them like, here's my tuition bill. They'll allow you to pull out the loan and you can make the payment. But student loans for some reason are, are not like don't qualify under the rule for some reason. It's so ridiculous. graduate high school, go get a job, build a 401k, pull your <laughs> loan and then go back to college. Yeah. That's what we should no. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes, Makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a random tangent, but can you use, use uh, five twenty nine funds to pay down student loans? No. What? No. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. There's a lot of changes that we need to make. Yeah. Wow. And we're, and we're start like we'll get there. Yeah. Um. Well. The, yeah. Well, the issue is like wow. it's. I mean, it's it's a congressional deal, right? So it's like we have to get Congress to like play ball together to make these changes and it's good for everybody. Like we have bipartisan support for all these bills that we've been passing, but you know, these aren't bills that are going to stand alone. They're usually like, you know, changes to the IRS code that are going to get attached to something. And there's just no, they're not, you know, they're just not playing together right now. And so because of, because of the the political part of it, you know, these bills that even though there's bipartisan support are just getting shot down or just like kind of just sitting there on the back burner. In my head, I'm like trying to follow the money to like, who is it that benefits by not being able to pull that money out and uh, put it somewhere else? But like, I can't even like the, no, the there, servicers, there's no, that, everybody that's, benefits, that's a beautiful right? part of it. It's like, you know, businesses, you know, if you can offer like a, a student loan benefit or you're offering this 401k and allowing people to pull money out to pay off debt, like that's, that's a great perk for, for an employer, right? The government's getting paid back. So the loans are actually getting paid and people aren't, you know, defaulting or going delinquent. So, you know, like that's awesome. And just from a consumer standpoint, it's like I can actually get out of debt faster, but my money is now trapped. It's stuck in these vehicles and I can't pull it out even if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. 
I just don't. How do they track it? Is, well, go I'm ahead, guessing Brian. the wealth managers of the world that are <laughs> holding all those. Ah, AUM is valuable. Is yeah. it? Yes, oh, yes. Right. They probably don't want that. That's actually a pretty system. damn obvious. I, in my head, I'm sitting here about the spaghetti of like who. They well, might have some lobbying power. Maybe. A little bit. That's yeah. a fair point. Okay, so your first at-bat, student loan genius. You had this aha moment with the 401k, but apparently you're breaking the law if you do it. So how, how did you get around that? What was the idea? So the idea was, well... I see that these companies are, you know, are willing to match your contributions, you know, three or 6% of your income. Most of my clients couldn't fully participate because their student loans were so high, but the company's already budgeted for, you know, that money. So it's sitting on their balance sheet, but not getting used. So that's where the light bulb went off. I was like, what if we could just pull those dollars in and just point it towards student loans, give employees the option of, Hey, you know, do I want to save for retirement or do I want to pay off my student loan debt or maybe both? Right. And so th- that was the idea. It's like, what if we invented the 401k for student loans? Um, yeah. So give me the give me the quick version of like kind of how that like bring us up to today. You some like five six percent of U.S. companies, yeah, now use it. Uh, super proud of that. Like it's it's awesome that you know five percent of companies in the country offer it. Um, with Student Loan Genius, you know, being the the first company in the space to do it. You know, we had pioneered companies like New York Life, MasterCard, yeah. Pinterest, like a bunch of awesome companies who yeah. are really showing that they, they, they really care for their employees and want to help with this problem. Um, and a lot of fast followers, right? I mean, it's not just the impact that Student Loan Genius slash today's no, vault absolutely. has had, but it's like it's we a did a thing and now everybody's like, oh, we should do that too. Well, it's and like, now, you know. Yeah, it's the second biggest economic, like, um, you know, vehicle in the U.S., right? Behind mortgages, right? So how many mortgage companies are there, Right. There's going to be multiple, you know, student loan benefit companies as well. And so, like, we came out, pioneered it. The market got educated. And now, you know, there's, there's you know, a handful of awesome companies, you know, trying to make the same impact. Yeah. So, quickly, before we jump into Chipper and the, the second big at bat ready to hit the home run, um, Brian, how do you how, – how are you thinking about as somebody that's trying to – recruit people into uh you know into a, a decently competitive job market like how do you think about benefits how do you think about how student loan genius has kind of made that shift like are we gonna do anything like that soon we've talked a lot about it and i love the idea of allowing the employees to have a little more choice of where some dollars go and just because the legacy well especially financial system loves to contribute to 401k which i still think is very very important for sure, sure. yeah for sure. you know compounding interest is an amazing thing but it works both ways yeah and you know trying to solve the student debt thing because people are getting buried under that uh and at the same time trying to coerce young people into starting to save <laughs> it's tough you know yeah. you want to do both but one dollar only goes so far you can only split it so many times so I do like the idea of trying to carve off some part of our benefits to try to help with that, solve it. It's hard. It's really hard though. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, when did you kind of get that on your radar? Like when did you start thinking about that a little differently? Probably th- three years ago, okay. I guess. When did you found a SLG? Uh, 2013. But that's the first two years were awful like it was so hard you know hr people were like what is this like this isn't real you know like you know it it was it was hard to sell something that people had never seen before but that's kind of like when we you know um kind of were put on the map so it's probably when you heard about student loan genius that you thought about it (laughs) i was trying to put those two things together a little bit so after that 
we got what you said six percent of the u.s of u.s companies are using this today so yeah. you got 94 hypothetically 94 percent that are you know at least of companies but whatever there's this big swath in the u.s that's still unserved yeah majority of people have no solution right now right we're still like i'm proud of you know helping kind of like spring up this you know this space mm-hmm but majority of people in the country still don't have a solution. And the problem is growing too fast for us not to try to take another stab at it to help people. Like it's, it's growing at $2,600 per second right now. Like let that sink in. That's like $230 million a day. So when you think of startups, like, Oh, you know, we're going after a $1 billion market. It's like, no, our hits a billion dollars every five days. Like that's, that's how fast this problem is growing. Um, and you know, you have politicians trying to take massive swings of like, let's just get rid of all of it. You know, like that, that's so unrealistic. And, and even yeah. if it does happen, it's going to take years to put that stuff in place. Yeah. It's like, we need to start doing like things right now to really help like everyday people that are still, you know, drowning in student loan debt. So get into it. Let's talk about chipper. What is chipper? Where did the, well, obviously we've talked a little bit about the, the anger that it kind of came out of, but talk to me more about the, the idea, kind of the, the aha moment for chipper itself. Yeah. So, so after leaving SLG, um, you know, I just started to see what was happening in the, the investing and savings space. So you see like successful companies like Digit and Acorns and Stash that are coming out with these really cool apps that just make it easy for people to start to save and invest. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great that they're helping people kind of get rolling, you know, to, to save for the future. Yeah. Um, but that's not an app that, you know, a 24-year-old teacher with $50,000 student loan debt is going to use, right? Um, and so I saw just the mechanics of all that stuff, you know, you know, really helping people save. I was like, what if we applied those same, you know, that same technology, those same mechanics, but towards student loan debt instead. And so that was kind of just the original idea of Chipper. Like, let's, let's just help people chip away student loan debt, you know, a little, little quicker, a little faster without thinking about it. And so about a year ago, we launched with Roundups. So it's like the acorns for student loans. You link your student loans and the cards that you use to buy stuff. And every time you make a purchase, we round up that transaction and shoot the change off to your student loans. So every day you're, you're chipping away. Um, and our average person is, our average user is uh, doing a little over 50 bucks a month. And for the average borrower, that's saving them uh, close to six to $800 and saving two and a half years on repayment, right? Just by buying the stuff you're buying every single day. Um, and then around graduation this past year, uh, we launched Chipper Pool that allows family and friends to chip in. Right. So like student loans are not just a personal problem anymore. You're either marrying into it or, you know, parents are helping their kids, you know, you know, go to college. And so mm-hmm. it just it's a easy way to make sure that if you're sending money to your kid, you know, for student loans, it's not going to booze and pizza on the weekends. It's yeah. actually going directly directly to the debt. So something we talk a lot about is how there's, you know, no silver bullets for this stuff. And there's a whole bunch of lead bullets. And that's kind of all you can do. I feel like you just kind of named two lead bullets. And I know you've got a lot more in the clip. So yeah. let's let's talk about what the rest of it is. What well, is kind of that bigger vision, like six to, you know, six to 12 months and then the yeah. bigger five years? Well, so we, you know, when we launched the app, um, you know, we started to to have you know conversations with our users within the app and and the biggest thing that we learned is that people will obviously want to pay off their debt faster, mm-hmm. but more than anything is like, they're just so confused on their options. And it just kind of just like, it was nostalgia for me. I was like, ah, oh, this sounds familiar. Like I remember being in this position of like coming out of school with all this debt, you know, paying a handful of different servicers and just being stuck and not knowing what to do. And so that's really where the light bulb went off for us and, and kind of chippers evolved dramatically over the last six months because of that. And so, what we're kind of shifting to is essentially becoming a, like a quasi servicer 
um, and being like the one-stop shop for student loans. Like it's, it's the only app you'll ever need uh, when it comes to managing and paying your student loan debt. So actually here in the next couple of weeks, we're, we're launching a feature we're calling Sidekick um, that will help users determine which of the 150 different repayment programs they qualify for. So it's, you just link your servicers and our algorithm will spit out, like, here are the plans that you qualify for. You can co- compare them side by side, see how it affects your current situation and how it may affect your finances in the future. And then we guide you through the process of actually getting into that program. Um, and we're, like, we're really excited about that feature because uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen what's happening in the in the like the teacher and nursing space right now with public service loan forgiveness. Oh, you I, I spent enough time around you. I think I've heard a couple of these stats, <laughs> yeah, but let's like, get into it. You want to see Tony pissed off? Like, let's talk about that. Um, so in two, 2008, public service loan forgiveness was launched to incentivize more people to go into public service jobs, you know, teachers, nurses, police officers, yeah. you know, but a bunch of, you know, careers that we need. Um, and it said, if you paid your loans for 10 years, we'll forgive whatever the remaining amount is. Awesome deal, right? Because um, it's taking people on average 20 years to pay off their debt. Mm-hmm. So last year was the first year people could qualify. And so you have all, you know, tens, uh, tens of thousands of teachers, you know, and nurses applying for public service loan forgiveness. And, you know, over 75,000 people applied and less than 600 got approved. So less than half a percent. And so it's like, and there's all these little nuances and rules of why they didn't get approved. They, they had older loans that they needed to consolidate or they chose a wrong repayment program that wasn't eligible for this. And so, you know, imagine hopping on the phone with one of our users and just, you know, hear them bawling uncontrollably because it's like I have planned, you know, my entire like life around like Good kind God. of this event. And now it's like they're telling me I have to consolidate and, and it starts all over again. And so with Sidekick, we prevent that from ever happening again. Right. Like we will, any teacher comes in, they'll be able to see, you know, do I qualify for forgiveness? If I don't, what do I need to do to make sure I do? And we make sure they have all the right paperwork in place so that, you know, this never happens again. Um, and it's awful this year, the second year, um, there's been, I think 150,000 people have applied and the department of education has not made a decision on anybody because they know the results are going to be just the same. And so, uh, the American Federation of teachers, it's a huge labor union for teachers across the country. Um, is now suing the Department of Ed and Betsy DeVos because of this. And so you we're just excited to get this product out and just offer it for free because uh, people need it. Was that your first time hearing some of those stats, Brian? Yes. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I spent enough time around Tony that I get, I kind of just <laughs> like – I'm sitting over here like nodding my head. But it's one of those things when you see somebody else hear it for the first time and somebody that like understands the economy – like it, it smacks you in the face. Well, also like, I mean, I, I just think, I mean, just teachers in general, right? Like we all, we all have our favorite teachers. We all have like this personal connection to just people in that space. Right. It's and like messing with my to, mom. Yeah. You know, it's no, like exactly. messing with my I mean, like second grade teacher. Your mom was, just like, a, was a teacher. My dad, your dad was a teacher, right? It's like, you know, the shit they go through day in and day out. Yeah. It's not an easy job. It's not a nine to five job. Like, you know, they're working like late nights or working oh, yeah. weekends. Right. You know, like I just, they go through so much they're underpaid like we all yeah. agree on all this stuff and then yeah. like they're put in this like shitty situation and it's like now the government's just kind of just saying or the department of ed just like oh we're actually not going to you know make any decisions anymore let's just kind of kick the can down the road and like see what happens sounds like it's time for a private market solution <laughs> sounds like it's time for capitalism to kick in here's chipper here is chipper so 
Talk to me a little bit how that's going so far. I mean, maybe not the, the what, you know, sidekick, what you're kind of still getting data around, but how's the rest of it going? Like, talk to me about user numbers. Talk to me about just kind of like feedback from users at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we have almost a quarter billion, we're managing almost a quarter billion of student loan debt on the platform, tens of thousands of users from all over the country. Um, you know, early partnership, um, early partnerships that we put in place with like school districts and, and education groups, um, just the feedback from them has just been like overwhelming uh, because of like how excited they are about this, about the product. Um, and then when you see the results of somebody actually going through it, um, you know, use like two thirds of users who end up using the tool end up making a change mm-hmm. from their current plan. So it's like you use it, it's like, you know, majority of people are going to change the current plan they're on because they find better options. That's so um, scary. Like just the people that don't find Chipper, like how long they keep going and going yeah. and going down that road. That is fucking scary. And then for people who end up going on income-based programs, um, we're reducing their payments by on average 250 bucks a month. So it's freeing up three, $3,000 in like extra cash for them to start saving and investing, putting towards a down payment on a home. Like yeah. you know, all the things that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so that's been the most exciting part is just to see that impact alone. Um, you know, within seconds, like, Oh my gosh, like, I can free up this much cash for me to, you know, do, do things that are more important to me right now. Um, yeah. I mean, with the federal reserve stat, right? Like the whole, like, you know, the average, what is it? 50% or whatever it is of Americans don't have $400 in their emergency savings account or the checking account, whatever yep. it is, $250 a month. You're a freeing month. up Yep, a month, a month. And, and what, what I'm really excited about too, is the position I was in being, de- you know, going through delinquency and default, um, all of that can be prevented. Like if you're in a financial hardship position, like all you need to do is sign a piece of paper that says, Hey, I'm not, you know, I, I need to get my finances in order. Can I take a break on paying my loans? Right. But you know, when you have servicers calling you from like 10 different numbers every single day, it's like very daunting. Right. And so within sidekick, people will just be able to just come in and if they're having a tough time, we'll help them through the, the process of making sure that they don't get behind. Right. So it's not, you know, ruin their credit for them to then, you know, buy a home in the future or, yeah. you know, everything that you're supposed to be doing, like once you leave school. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's just been going phenomenal. Like the, um, it's, you know, I, I love that we're building a company that I, I think is not only a great business, uh, but really just has an impact on everybody that, that we work with. Yeah, it, align, it aligns with that, the Angela Strange thing from A16Z recently, right? It's the, the idea of automating, like the Google Maps of finance. Like if I'm getting called from 10 servicers a day, like number one, do I pick up? Number two, what do I say back? Number three, like what, what's the decision point? Like somebody freaking automate this for me, right? Yep, and that's, and that's where we're going. Like I mentioned before, like we have evolved into a quasi-servicer. Um, here in the next couple of months, we'll be able to actually manage all payments for, for borrowers. And so a, a borrower can come in, you know, find the best repayment plan, make all of their payments within the app, and then use our chipping tools to chip away the debt faster. So they'll never have to reach out to Navient. They'll never have to reach out to Sally Mae. Like everything they ever need to do with their with their student loans is all done within our app. Um, and they know that we're on their side and we're going to do everything we can to make sure like they're in the best position possible. Yeah. Brian, what was your two cents kind of when you started to, well, I guess, when was the first time you met Tony? Selection Day? I think it was like the week before. Oh, yeah, we had a call. That's right, because I, I wanted to make sure that there was, <laughs> there was some knowledge about you before Selection Day. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, what was your first reaction, like, when you kind of heard about all this? I mean, some of these stats are still new to you today. So, what, like, when you first heard about this idea, what was your general thought? Well, A, I love to still learn. And so I love even these conversations where I get to learn even more. 
But I do remember uh, when I first got to hear you talk about this, I get most excited when we're talking about solving big problems. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about that a lot around here in a whole, whole bunch of different circumstances of, you know, the clapper to turn on a light bulb is pretty cool, but it's, you can walk over and turn the light. <laughs> right. <on>. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, when I get to meet people that are actually working on the big stuff, that gets my juices going. So I love being in the room and just listening and learning. So maybe that's a good transition into what the hell are you doing here, right? Like, yeah. why why are you working with MBKC? Why are you part of Found City Fintech? Like, you know, you and I are friends, but maybe yeah. there's a little bit more to it than that, right? What it, what no, is? I, the... well, I want to come hang out with you, man. Right. I heard yeah, Kansas yeah, yeah, City was yeah. great. You know, I want to watch the Chiefs. You know, as yeah. they go into you know their Super Bowl season, I think they're going to win. Um, you really just wanted to get on for FinTech I just want, yeah, exactly. I heard yeah. the barbecue was good. Right. You know, being from Texas, right. like I gotta go check this place out. I was gonna say you have to weigh in against Texas versus <laughs> Kansas City barbecue. I mean, all right. Oh, this record. is gonna be awkward, Brian. We've this is gonna no, be no, 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 right. no, no. It's you know, if you hear a door slam here in a second, it's me leaving the room. But so I right. will, I will say, good thing we already made the investment. I'm very proud of our barbecue in, in Texas. It is still the best barbecue in the world. Ooh. But I am, I was pleasantly surprised with the barbecue here. It was, it's the, I would, number two for Pleasantly sure. Pleasantly surprised. I've, I've had barbecue, I've <laughs> had barbecue guy. in Memphis. I've had barbecue, you know, you know, in, in South Carolina. Like, you, I've had it all over the place. And it's just, um, it's delicious. It's good. You're testing um, the waters of our partnership right now. No, I mean, I mean, there's certain things that I think you guys do a little bit better, but it's not, you know, it's still not Texas barbecue. We were on a good roll. We better just move on. Yeah, we were, we, there was so much momentum. You know, we need, we need to have a damn taste test of what we need to do. We, a, we have. a lull that's come over the room. Yeah. yeah. I, Eric Gerritsen and I had a taste test in Austin, and I only made it like halfway through my plate. Why? Shit. You're, you're shit. What are you talking Ooh. about? Where, where'd you go? I don't even remember the name of the place. It was so underwhelming. God damn it. <laughs> when you guys come back in, though, we're going to fuck. I'm going to take you guys around. We're going to do like a barbecue tour. All right. Let's, all right. We'll, all right. We'll, we'll hold you to that. Before we finish up, though, and transitioning from barbecue to debit cards, <laughs> let's talk quickly. So what, what is that future vision? Like, what, why are, like, in a non-joke, well, I don't know if we can even do this without joking, but what is the future? You know, what, are you, what is the partnership that you're kind of hoping to strike, or more than hoping? What is the partnership you're going to strike up? I'm so stuck on barbecue, guys. I, I'm having a hard time getting the question Because <laughs> we know out. there's some downstairs. I saw the plates. Yeah, I was like, man, I need to Yeah, that's the other part. We that. need to get down there. Yeah. So give me, give me the, give me the five-year version. What's the future? So, so I think in general, I think the, the current financial products that banks and just the financial markets offer right now, like are not fit for, you know, people that are deep in student loan debt. I think the products need to evolve. Um, and having such an innovate, innovative bank, you know, here at NBKC, um, you know, has allowed us to start to really put those innovative products on our roadmap. And so one from just, just the partnership allowing us to make full payments for people that, that couldn't be done before. And so now allowing us to just be the one-stop shop, you know, uh, for, for student loans is massive. Uh, but the next place we go is, um, you know, launching a debit card where every day somebody, you know, for every purchase that, that you make, you're, you're getting a percentage back towards your student loans. Like every single purchase you make, every time you buy groceries, get gas, like whatever it is, you know, money's going towards your student loans directly. Um, and then partnering with brands. So if you shop with certain brands using the card, um, you, they also give you a percentage back towards your student loans. And so it's just it's just incredible, you know, to build products like this that will help people, you know, chip away their debt faster by buying the shit they buy every single day. Yep. As many of the listeners will probably know, and anybody that is friends with me will know, 
Um, I talk a lot of shit about debit card about space. debit cards, just getting added you know, to anything your and everything. Damn tweet, it was so Tommy, your damn tweet. I pitched the the, the idea at I South think by. It was because of it, you. No, Tommy. it was a hundred percent. You you yeah, a hundred percent. It was because of me. So I pitched at South by. He was judging an event. I ended up winning, by the way. You did. So thank you for that. But I pitched the idea of like, here's where we're going. Here's what what's on our roadmap. And literally hours later, a tweet goes out from this dude right here. That says like You're why does every why does every fintech right need here. a debit card? And I was like this son of a yeah I thought I I thought I liked him but now he's, he's like calling me out but he's not yeah it's ridiculous. But funny, funny thing is I didn't see that tweet for like another week and then I liked it and then I went back and looked at the date I was like god damn that was about me. It was a thousand percent about you, but getting to know you and understanding this problem more it actually makes so much damn sense, right? Like it, the issue with adding a debit card to everything is there's no problem to be solved, right? There's no migraine level pain point or reason to put this card above that card, right? Other than like, I got a freaking mailer the other day that was like from MasterCard something, something. And it was like, my card is heavier than this card. So like now we have like the dick measuring contest of, yeah. you know, credit cards starting, but like that, that's a real thing, right? Well, it makes no like, sense. It's like you're, you're a, say, an investment company, right? So you're handling somebody's investments, but now you're, you want to change their banking habits, right? I get why they want to do it from a business perspective, but that's just it doesn't provide that much more value to people. Like with us, the way we're thinking about it is when people are coming out of college, like they're, they're making a decision on where they're going to bank. In most cases, you're in college and you're banking wherever your parents banked. But now you're coming out of school. It's like, okay, now I got my first job. I want to kind of get in control of my finances. Who should I go bank with? Right. This is the perfect opportunity for us to provide a solution at that point to help them like, hey, bank here and pay off your debt at the same time. And and more than that, it's like right now we have thousands of users who are in college that are chipping away at their student loan debt. But every day that you chip away, you know, you you're not getting a boost in your credit score. Right. Like you don't have a bill in place. You don't have an invoice. So even if you're paying off your student loan debt faster, you're not getting, you know, like a boost in credit for what? it. Yeah. Like That's so wild. And so imagine like imagine, you know, a, a 19, 20 year old who's chipping away at their debt, you know, and using this car to pay off their student loan debt faster, you know, starts to get a little bit of, you know, credit boost because they're being proactive and paying off their student loans. Right. So there's there, there's a lot of power in you know, providing this type of solution that's getting people out of debt that I think is going to have long-term implications on kind of just helping people catch up, right, on when they want to buy a home, start a family, do, do yeah. all those things. It's like we're, we're kind of helping accelerate all that stuff. Eventually, do you think you're going to help people select the loan? Like if I'm a we, senior in high school coming out? Absolutely. Like I, I think um, if we if we are able to, to provide the value, I think we can and build a product that I think we can. Um, for us, it's, it's now a time to go downstream and prevent the problem, right? Like we're helping solve the existing problem that exists. Like right now people have student loan debt. The house is burning. You got to put the fire out. Absolutely. Right. But I think before that, it's like, you know, can we, can we put all, you know, the right process in place so that people are pulling out, um, the, the least amount of debt possible. Right. Um, and helping them make the best decision possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, that, that's the vision that we have for Chipper. You got some problems to solve, man. You better get back to work. We better go it's get time. some barbecue and get back to work. I don't know work. if I want barbecue now. It's going to make me sleepy. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Many problems we'll see. to solve. You can't can't be in a food coma. Yeah. Brian, anything else from your end? I'm just excited to see this thing get going. Let's, let's go. go get this time to work. Done. Time to love work. It. I love it. All right. That's a good note to end on. Thank you, guys. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of For Fintech's Sake. That's all she wrote for our Deal Flow podcasts. If you're going to be there for Demo Day, we'll see you tomorrow. We've got a sold-out crowd showing up. It's going to be one hell of a show. Thanks to our sponsors, Camber, encompassing Q2 Open and Stone Castle, Kaufman Foundation as well. Uh, if you want to learn more about Chipper, Chipper or the cohort at Fountain City Fintech, please reach out to me at zach.pettit at mbkc.com and we can connect. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter at Zach Pettit. Otherwise, if you're heading to Vegas for Money 2020, please reach out. Tony, myself, the whole Fountain City Fintech cohort will be down there. The MBKC Bank team as well. We will see you there for the true Fintech Festivus. And until then, don't Fintech too hard unless you're coming to Demo Day, in which case we're about to Fintech it up. Thanks, y'all.